Hey, what's up, everyone? I just want to let you know we had a little bit of a technical issue, so my mic sounds pretty bad in this episode. Uh, we've taken some steps to make sure it never happens again. Hopefully, the content is good enough for you to hang around and listen. If this is your first time listening to Tim Bill Pod, my mic normally doesn't sound like I recorded inside of a tin trash can. I spent literally hours and hours searching forums and downloading plugins and swearing profusely, trying to fix it. There was no way to fix it, so my bad, and um, please try to enjoy this next episode. Hello and welcome to another free bonus episode of Tim Bell Pod. This is going to be a fun episode, I think. We'll see. We're just winging it. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Micah J. Loving. Hey, how's everybody doing? That's all I got to say. Fuck this. And also, Mrs. Fearbox Baby Boy, the man Scout Jake Manning. I'm glad you got the last name right. I appreciate that <laughs> so much. Uh, uh, Mrs. Fearbox would appreciate that. <laughs> So we're going to do a Rushmore episode. We're going to do a couple Rushmore episodes where we're going to go through. We'll give you some honorable mention and our four favorites ever in each category. There is nothing more divisive than pro wrestling list of stuff. Yeah, get ready one. to get pissed at us because we left <laughs> off your favorite thing that you like. Especially uh, some of us put a little bit more work into the list than others. Uh, others were just given the list like, 10 minutes ago. I don't know what you're talking about, Dick. <laughs> formulated it, wrote it out, and uh, scribbled some things on a piece of paper right now. But you've so. lived it, so your just brain's just blue. Uh, well, there, I mean, you gave me the list, and then I was like, okay, what are the tops? So, like, there, there's some ones on here that if you tell me don't belong in there, I will fight you over the... the, the Two or three on a couple of these right. are negotiable. So let you know that there is there's at least one on every one of these lists that we're gonna do that I will fight you over. And then there's All right, like, I like that. anywhere from two to three that I I will move on. And if you want me to cross off, that's fine. So <laughs> see, that's a good dynamic. You, the actual fucking vet who knows more than all of us combined, did it ten minutes ago. That's that's a good dynamic. I'm not even joking. Right. That's fucking good. All right. Well, here we go. First up. We're going to do job, guys. I'll give you my qualifications for this. Either you're exceptional at making other guys look good, you're standalone, entertaining as fuck, or if they were to stop making you do jobs and give you a push, everyone would be so pumped because it's really awesome. That's kind of how I think about great jobbers. Real quick, I'll give you my honorable mentions. Brooklyn Brawler, Johnny Rods, who is like the go-to proving ground for so many wrestlers, and a guy who meets all three of my qualifications, but I couldn't quite put him into my top four. Man, Scout Jake Banning. Oh, I mean, thank you. But I, I got you that. right here, too, Jake. Thank I got you, you right here. Uh, I thought it would be, I almost put myself on my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> and I think that, that, especially since we're leading with this topic, I'm like, that might be a little too far. And that's going to knock any credibility for later arguments. So I didn't even put myself down as an honorable mention. It's like one of my favorite directors, Paul Thomas Anderson, just listed one of his uh, his top 35 films of whatever. And he's he put one of his own movies on there. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Mine is uh, maybe not true jobbers, but for Nitro, they were jobbers. But WCW Saturday Night, they were getting wins. And I'm going with a tag team of high fucking voltage. Um, high voltage was just like the epitome to me of just like, we're going to give you a gimmick, but we're not going to do anything <laughs> with it. <laughs> and what are they, Rage and Chaos? Does that sound right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, high voltage, just like it's synonymous WCW, good memories, Saturday night to me. So yeah, high voltage gets my honorable mention. Okay. I have quite a few, just mostly because I want to give some yeah. people some love. All right. And a lot of them go off reputation. I don't have a lot of WWF job guys because I think a lot of WWF job guys ended up becoming somebody like the Hardy Boys or yeah. uh, Spicoli. Spicoli, like all those guys ended up evolving into something else i got bob cook and gary royal who are merely yeah. on here out of mere reputation when people talk about like job guys like their names come up and i, I didn't see too many other job matches but people talk about them 
very highly. Like Bob Cook's punch is what people refer to, and he can take and give a pretty good arm drag as well. Also to the Mulkies, because I think they define job guys, but in a tag tag team in a sense. So that's really two guys. So that kind of disqualifies them a little bit, but I want to like at least put them out there because they were job guys that kind of got over and that was kind of kind of cool. But they were they were for sure job guys. Um also too in my mind he doesn't qualify for this category, but he did a lot of jobs on WCW Saturday night, but he had so much talent and in different spots. Uh, Brad Armstrong. Oh, damn it, I was going to guess that. <laughs> oh, you, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Michael. Do you want to talk when it's my turn to talk? Go right ahead. You did that as another Patreon hey, episode. Hey, I want an interactive back and forth podcast where we got fun shit going on. Or you could just allow somebody to talk when it's their turn to talk. No, nah, it's boring, Jake. Go on. Um, <laughs> you know, you could just be like, oh, Brad Armstrong, and then not allow me to say Brad Armstrong's guess name. Guess what? Did I not do that? Do I get credit you, for not you, doing you, that? No, you wanted me to stop so you could say Brad Armstrong's name. <laughs> no, I was just name. so excited. Yeah, you, you wanted me not to say Brad Armstrong's name, even though it was very important. But that's giving respect to Brad because he... All right, I'm going to shut up. Okay. You do that. Uh, <laughs> Brad's amazing. That's all I'm saying right here. Yeah, of course you want to shut up because now I'm done talking. So. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> that's, uh, let's, let's, let's get it started with our official Rushmore. Jake, you, you, lead, you lead the way. Um, you had him in honorable mention. I put him on the list because I feel like he is well representing the WWF portion of Job Guys. Brooklyn Brawler. All right, I can't argue against that. I was gonna say, yeah, I mean, we're doing this. Yep, he's on my, he's in my Mount Rushmore too. So yet again, I'm still in Jake's thunder. Micah, who's your next? I'm gonna go for one that probably nobody will have. Uh, I'm going with Pablo Marquez from the ECW days when Pablo would come in and get absolutely fucking annihilated by everyone. Uh, you might know Pablo Marquez from the ECW highlight reel that they would play before their shows, and he took the worst, the, the most disgusting concussion for sure, total elimination I have ever seen in my life. Uh, 911 choke slammed the shit out of him. He was just a small little, uh, I think, Puerto Rican dude, and he would just get destroyed. And I, he always made everybody look like a billion dollars. Also, dude, I think he was also on that highlight reel with Sabu as well. So I think that highlight reel, he was on it getting his <laughs> ass whipped a couple times. Like going of times. through a table? Yeah. yeah like he right, he yeah. was getting his ass whipped a lot in that ECW entrance video. God, so. Yeah, God bless him. So that, that, that's, a, that's a good call. Yep. So. I'm going to go with Gilberg. Uh-huh. I love Gilbert. I dead serious, not being like smarky asshole. I like Gilberg more than I like Goldberg. You know what? Uh, I'm still on the fence on whether or not I like Goldberg, <laughs> but I'm not as ambiguous about Gilberg. I've met Dwayne Gill. I've wrestled Dwayne Gill. Gem of a man. I will yes, be good. honest on the podcast and say I was a huge Goldberg mark when he was coming up. I saw his first match live against Hugh Morris. I mean, I was, I was, I was taken from the beginning. He has nothing on the icon, Gilbert. Go ahead, Jake. Number two. Oh, number two. Here's one that's probably not on your list. So it might be on the list. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson. He was the guy that actually was the king of the job guys. Like another person that's representative on this Rushmore for me, but I won't say his name just yet until we're there. Um, <laughs> but a lot of job guys were guys that were just trying to get on TV that were pretty decent wrestlers to get their face out there and exposure. They would pay Mike Jackson a booking fee just to be one of the jobbers they used. And Bill Watts called up Mike Jackson. Ole called up Mike Jackson from Georgia. Crockett. Wow. And basically he was just in charge of booking all these job guys and sending them wherever. And then, of course, they would have to give Mike a booking fee because... Well, he didn't want to make eight phone calls to get eight job guys. He wanted to make one phone call to one person, and Mike Jackson was that guy. But when <laughs> if, when you stepped in the ring with Mike, you knew you were going to have a good match. You knew you were going to be with a competent opponent. But that's kind of how Mike made his money was by hooking up all these guys. And sometimes he would show up to TV with guys that he found at a gas station and throw, okay. some, throw some, <laughs> some boots and trunks on them and tell the road warriors to beat the shit out of them. And, <laughs> and obviously they're going to fucking sell because the road warriors is going to beat the fuck out of guys, even if they were talented. <laughs> so like he was in charge of delivering 10 guys to Bill Watts or eight guys to Ole for this Saturday. And he was kind of in charge of that, but 
still wrestles a day. He does the walking of the top rope around. He's got a specific match that he does over and over and over again. So Undertaker stole that shit from him? Uh, no, I think he stole that from Undertaker. Oh, okay. But he, uh, he has a match, and he basically got it written down on a piece of paper. He hands it to you, and you basically <laughs> got to perform it. But, yeah, he's he's got a trip. He's a good guy. Still, still can go. Even I think he's in his sixties now, but wow. uh, heck of a good bumper. Flair always talks about him. Arn Anderson talks about him being one, one of the, as far as enhancement guys, one of the best. All right, Micah, this will be your third. All right, number three. This is pretty expected, but we're going on Mister Slap on the Back, Mister Barry Horowitz. Um, I mean, I don't know what I need to say that hadn't been said. He's just, you know, when he's in there, you're gonna have an extra boost to the normal job match and. It's Barry fucking Horowitz. Same. Also on mine as well. Uh, See, now you're stealing from me, Jake. No, I let you finish. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't wag my finger in front of you when you were when you said Mister Slap on the back. Like, oh, don't say his name. Don't say his name. Let me say his name. I let you say your name. I let you speak I your have piece. Enthusiasm. You, the, 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 you the, did. You did. You did your bit. I waited. My held my enthusiasm <laughs> back for this specific moment. And once again, what are you doing while I'm talking? <laughs> talking. Um. So you got to roll with shit, Jake. It's called improv. Oh, I'm rolling right now. <laughs> uh, Barry Horowitz. When he, I was watching live, even though it was a tape show, I was watching when it first aired, when he beat Chris Candido as, as Skip, that, that half crab, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that like amateur pinhole. Like I watched that like, holy fucking shit. Oh, I lost my mind because I'd seen Barry lose so many matches. And I remember High Spots did a shoot interview with Barry and uh, kind of rolled back the mystique of him a little bit. He thinks... In his mind, he's one of the top five workers of all time. Oh. <laughs> it's him, wow. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Owen Hart. Um, he likes the hearts. So. Yes, it's two hearts. <laughs> Shawn and him are the top five workers of all time. <laughs> but I still, still, if there's a dream match out there, since I, I can't have my dream match with Bret, Bret Armstrong, my last remaining dream match is I want to have a match with Barry Horowitz. Yeah. And I want to have a powder blue singlet made just like skip <laughs> and i i don't care i'll, I'll i could jump good. barry in the beginning beat him up get a little steam on him and then i'm gonna go for something go for a pin start doing push-ups and then we do the same exact fucking finish <laughs> that's what i fucking want in my fucking life i've pitched it for russell con every year and when michael tells me can't get barry horowitz i'm like all right well what the fuck, fuck else you got put me on the fucking penis party <laughs> Over. Get me off the Super Show. If you're not going to put me against Barry Horowitz, just put me on Joe Ryan's penis party. Oh, <laughs> Point Fuck that mic. Fuck fall, that mic. Fall, fall gavel. Could you uh, bring your girlfriend in and do the Sunny Valet thing? She thinks she'd be down for it. Oh, that? no, she's definitely... Gosh, no. <laughs> I also have Barry, so uh, I will move along to someone... He, he got his runs, he got his pushes, so it's hard to consider him just a jobber. But someone we just covered, Chris Canyon, one of the best all time at making other people look good. Okay. In that way, yeah, I get it. And he did the, was it Minute Work? I don't even remember now. Yeah, it's a Minute Work. Minute Work. Yeah, yep. Minute Work. Yep. But coming up, you know, he, he wrestled. He, he got yeah the cool story with Diesel. Yeah, putting uh, him over know. hardcore. It's true. It's true. Man Scout, you got one more. All right. If I've, got, if, if I've got one more, who the fuck do you think I fucking have? This is going to cross it off on all of our fucking lists right now. Is this I, the rest of the episode? And, I, and I'm and i surprised Mike isn't going, oh, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Don't Man, wait. I got chastised enough. I know how to play shit. All right. <laughs> then you allow me to say that, as everybody knows, if I have one spot left on the job guy list, and you already know who I've listed... The last name that I will have can possibly list is Mr. Number One, George South. Boom! Amen. George fucking South. I was hoping you were going to turn heel and not blame someone else. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's no, there's, there's nobody else I, 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 I could put on the list, and I think I've said everything I possibly can say about that man, and I've said it to his face on our show, Dad, you don't work, you wrestle. Just the absolute best. I was just with him this past weekend. He wrestled. Brad Thomas used to be a really good independent wrestler in this area, but now Brad is a pastor and probably hasn't wrestled in the last several years. George wrestled him for 20 fucking minutes. Wow. And George took one of the most picture perfect hip tosses 
fucking I've seen in a long fucking time. <laughs> fucking the, fucking the, the fact that if there's a fucking student at George South School, the high spots wrestling school that doesn't that can't take a good fucking hip toss, it's not because of George South. I promise you that much. And George is almost sixty years old. God. He is like fifty nine. And he takes a picture perfect hip toss to this fucking day and his tan game is on fucking point right Did now. Did you say his tan game? <laughs> his tan game, my friend. Like he on... goes to a tanning booth. Yes, he does. <laughs> That's why he looks like he's 85. Um, just the absolute fucking best. There ain't nobody fucking better. And also, too, as far as cutting a promo, ingenious. It gets just enough heat and just so when he loses, it fucking means something. The fucking best ever. At it period i can't add much but if people don't know it's like flair that george was one of his favorite jobbers correct or job guys or yep. yeah and like, the guys where we're, we're yeah, just hand, call, listen we're, we're saying like, job guys in the most i'm saying job guys and i'm the biggest fucking job that's guy what i was ever. gonna say oh. uh but yeah i just the one thing when i finally got to know jake and i learned about george a lot <laughs> and then i kind of did a little deep dive google research just because i'm a wrestling nerd and it was just like flair loved him to death and put him over and it was just like oh shit that says it all. I can't add much to it. It's George fucking South. Don't be dumb. And he's probably the greatest. And I think in the in the recent couple of years, he's been getting a lot more love. I think for a long time, if if people were doing a list like this, they would you know probably put like Barry Horowitz or Brooklyn Brawler. But I think people have grown to see George and appreciate him more. I I think as people if if other people do this list george is is climbing to the top of that list like if you see lists of like enhancement guys george has always been like 12 or 13 or, I but think. she's not even on him it's and sometimes he's not even on him but yeah. i'm sure like as he's people start to recognize and look back at his work they're like oh no no this guy is at the tops if if not the best ever at it so. I mean, one of my earliest memories of uh, moving to Charlotte when I went started going to UNCC and going to matches is George South versus Charlie Dreamer and George South doing one of these matches. And it, I mean, it, it's a stupid mark. Just be like, who's this old guy in the fucking ring? And then 23 minutes later, I'm like, oh, shit. That old guy <laughs> in the ring is pretty fucking amazing. All right, moving on. This next one is just brutal and soul crushing to attempt to narrow down <laughs> we're gonna go mic workers uh, so, this is the easiest one for me really what? yeah really yeah this, this was the easiest one for me I, this was like picking my five favorite movies like it, yeah it's, it's so fucking hard. hard to fucking narrow down uh, but all right all right let's let jake start then okay well and also too like to keep in mind with this when i do rushmores i think that there's always be representatives of eras too uh, that, uh, you know so that's why this one was a little bit easier for me but as far as honorable mentions go and this and these honorable mentions are going to probably blow you away um <laughs> i've got don't get cocky jake uh well i mean it, it's gonna make you like scratch your head on who do you think i got on the list if these are my honorable mentions because these are probably guys that people will, everybody's gonna have but i have my particular reasons why they're honorable mentions not on the rushmore itself um i'm excited dusty Rhodes. Oh, yeah, a great fucking storyteller. Although I feel like he kind of stole Thunderbolt Patterson's vibe a little bit. Wow, um, a very very good. I mean, he's he's cut some of the best ever. But like, I think if you really look at some of his body of work, like in later years, I, I don't think it's as good as as there was there was a time where he was nobody was better. And he's had flashes of that. His Florida days were his prime, right? Yeah, Florida was there with the prime, and then some of that run with Flair, with nobody was better. But I think the guys who I have on my list have stood the test of time, and then when you check back in on them in different phases of their life, they're just as good as they ever were. And also, too, like you got the eras thing is very important, and we'll get to that when I get to that. Also, too, Mike Workers, Flair. It's and that's honorable mention. You're honorable saying, mention. Because <laughs> I feel like he's playing a character, much like De Niro in later years. It's kind of the same for uh, yeah. and Pacino. In like, I mean, they're goats in their time, but after a while, yeah, they're kind of they're playing. It a, in. They're playing a character. Yeah. You you flashes a pan of greatness, right. but it's it's basically the same thing. And you're not you're not being this character in this moment. You're being. Ric Flair. I sadly have to agree with you on that analogy. That's very good, Jake. An honorable mention, but maybe someday 
he may replace somebody who's on Rushmore right now. <laughs> but I, I think the, the, the person I have Rushmore in this spot is representing his era and time. Um, but this person may take his place if we did, did this even maybe two years from now. Uh, Kevin Owens. He's fucking, he's fucking okay. it's, amazing. It, as far as like the guys right now, I don't think anybody's better as far as bringing in the emotion. I think if he continues upon the path that he does and he has another 10 years of, of doing what he's doing right now, he's on that list and he's removing somebody who's on there right now. And I'll make mention of that person when we get there. <laughs> Let me say again, anyone on my honorable mentions could easily replace anyone in my top four and this was so hard i'm literally still editing it as we're <laughs> recording this. i am too actually i'm not bullshit my honorable mentions i got flair macho man austin dusty piper jake the snake mean gene and probably number five on my rushmore if there were a fifth person cm punk all right my honorable mention is very fucking personalized because if we're doing rushmore and we're picking our own shit we have to it's got to be how we grew up and watched wrestling and what touched us and fucking every artist objective. So um, my honorable mention is Bubba Ray Dudley in the ECW Prime. Because when Bubba Ray would get on the mic after, well, well, well. I really wanted to put Joel Gertner for all four Rushmore faces, but I didn't do it. <laughs> the amount of fucking molten lava heat that Bubba Ray would get on the mic when the Dudleys would come in and he he was the epitome of don't give a fuck. I will rip this crowd apart. I don't uh, politically incorrect stuff out of the way. There's some of the most scary moments of where I think a fan will jump over the fucking guardrail and attack the Dudleys. Bubba was so fucking gorgeous and amazing. I saw him cut a promo to make Grady Cole Center almost come out of their boots and then within the span of 30 seconds got a chick to show her tits in the middle of the show uh bubba ray was he he just had no fear is that don't give a fuck factor that makes him so unpredictable and fucking exciting that i just like it, it was so scary and uh energetic and terrifying when he got on the mic bubba ray heat underrated as shit all right well first spot on your actual rushmore micah why don't you start I kind of want to say him for last because I think he's the greatest of all time, but I'm going to say Foley because Foley is one of the best storytellers I've ever fucking heard. I've seen his live show, the way he would cut promos. He sucked you in and he made you care. No matter the type of character he was trying to be or the type of story he was trying to tell for a particular angle, Foley just commanded your attention. And it didn't matter how fucking crazy or weird he was. He made you believe... And he was, he was just the imagination on that motherfucker, man. He was so good at just sucking you in and making you care. And emotion is so big for me. And, and he's funny as shit. Just uh, the promo he cut ragged on Al Snow where it was just, I think it's in his book. It's, uh, you know, Al Snow wouldn't have a job long at Lazy Boy because he doesn't sell chairs. Uh, for some reason, that joke is an all-timer for me. And it's just Foley is just godlike on the mic and people think he's good but he's he's kind of forgotten because he's a bump machine and i think foley is just fucking upper tier because he understands storytelling and he understands what wrestling is and he knows you have to suck people in and make them care about the story it's not just the bumping it's making you give a shit about the guy who's bumping so hard you don't want him to feel that type of pain that you're seeing on the screen I didn't even consider him, but that's a very solid pick. He's not on mine, but that's I can't argue with that. Yeah, I totally agree. He should have been on my honorable mentions. You're you're correct. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'll start with one that I don't think either of you guys will have. Oh, uh, Jim Cornette. I got him in my notes. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's just a monster. Funny, clever, quick. I don't think I've ever seen him flub a word or botch a word. I mean, he's just perfect on commentary, in the ring, in promos, everything. Jim Cornette, one of the best ever. Have a hard time with that one. Because <laughs> he basically was ripping off comedians for lines. Uh, and he's admitted to it. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to say you're bullshit, but I'm just curious. What, I've, heard you have examples? Say, I, I've, I've heard what him say, I've heard him, like, he's like, oh, I was listening to these comics, and I just basically took these lines and repeated them on TV. Uh-huh. 
So as a comedian, I know, right? Joke thief and being able to steal from a different medium. I don't know. Now, granted, I'm sure he, he some of those, he also took a formula of something and just changed some words around, which I'm pretty sure he wish he would have done last time he was on NWA Power, and oh! he'd still be there. So, oh! <laughs> this message is sponsored by Highspots.com. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll backpedal and uh, trade Cornette with Punk. All right, Jake, no, you go. That. Stick to your guns, bitch. <laughs> no, st- no, stick, yeah. to your, stick to your guns. I, I, I see why you would put that there, but because of that, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking more of eras and original thought. No, I mean, yeah, Cornette was amazing. He, he's one of those dudes that can captivate, and he's totally – he grabs your attention. Yeah. Uh, I do. I like I said. I really love your Foley one. I should have also put Lawler in an honorable Thank mention you. as well. Thank you, dude. But here's one you might not have. And like I said, eras are important. Brad Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, it. Would fit right here. I do have a whole kind of that era. Um, Gorgeous George. Really? Uh, All right. I don't know. He's the guy that inspired Muhammad Ali. Oh fuck, really? Yeah. Like Muhammad Ali like saw Gorgeous George cutting a promo and go, Oh, I'm gonna be like that guy. So if you I didn't know inspired that, one of the greatest talkers of all time in any sport, and I believe Rushmore should have somebody of like a, a, a an old guard, the middle, more popular, and then a new a Gorgeous George is of that classic traditional and wow. like i said inspired muhammad ali and, and the idea of original trash talking you could you could trace gorgeous george to muhammad ali who inspired superstar billy graham uh flair flair son and joke thief piece of shit yeah, all of these <laughs> all of these great talkers who you saw the Dusty Rhodes and all them, all those guys that say Muhammad Ali was their inspiration. Muhammad Ali's inspiration was Gorgeous George. Damn. So I think yeah. he should belong on Mike Worker's Rushmore's then. I'm not going to argue that. That'd be an asshole. <laughs> all right, Mike, at number two. Yeah, I'm going, oh, yeah. I just, like I discussed it on the main Gene episode. He seems like he was a brilliant improver, even though he's known for his matches being a planning out son of a bitch. He just he could roll with stuff in the way he would effortlessly react to stuff in an interview with Mean Gene, and just it was it was comedy mixed with captivation. That just like when when somebody's so good at stuff that they get you in so many different ways, it's like I'm a fucking movie nerd, and when a movie can destroy me in so many ways, or it leaves me exhausted. It's cliche as shit. It was like, it made me laugh. It made me cry. It made me uh, jump out of my seat. But it, it, it's true because Savage could do all that, man. He could make you care. He could make you laugh. And those are the two biggest emotions for wrestling for me. And just Savage, just like the the memorable lines, just the shit that I, uh, my best friend Mitch, the shit that we just kind of say to each other, the, the stuff that, it's like movie quotes with your friends when you're fucking around. It's just like, oh, I'm a chameleon. Yeah. And it's just like mental telepathy. Like my favorite promo of all time is Randy Savage cutting three minutes probably on acid maybe cocaine i feel like it's more acid but it's just savage just god damn man he was just he he was when characters were characters but you believed that they really just got out of the mental institution and they were who the fuck they were and they weren't people portraying people they were the person and savage just fucking he he, he ran the gamut of emotions for me and he made me give a shit I'll go with who I think is gun to my head, best ever, undisputed, number one, Dwayne the motherfucking Rock Johnson. I mean, just the, they're chanting his name, and then the crowd would just erupt. Just the way he controlled a crowd was, in a way, kind of creepy. Like, <laughs> like he could have, like, led a revolution. I mean, he was funny, moving, when he, when he like, put that eyebrow up and got serious. He listened. <laughs> he and popped the whole crowd like with his eyebrow. <laughs> uh, to me, the best ever, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Charisma, yes. Works microphone, I can see that point. <laughs> but Corbin, don't he... underestimate that somebody wrote some of those lines and somebody came up with, the Rock says, is basically, you know, Dion says. I mean, Jim Ross came up with that. Yeah. Jake's just throwing a little sideboard shade on this uh, shit. I'm sipping, I know, some, tea I'm sipping some tea all over Nick Robinson's selections. 
Nick Robinson, goddamn it. Wow. wow. Jake's doing great. Over I'm. There. This is the <laughs> second. That's the second time you called me Nick Robinson. The second time that I've been sleep deprived and I've called you Nick Robinson because I feel like Nick Robinson right now. It's just a bit, Nick. It's just a bit. You're just doing a bit. I'm, I'm doing a bit, yeah. No, I fucking, my, my brain has gotten too relaxed. No, don't give it away, Jake. You're doing a bit. Because this is a fear of mine of calling people the wrong name at all moments in time. You know, like you fear. fear of CTE shit, or what do you? Just... No, just I'm fucking exhausted, and, right. I'm, and my brain is relaxed. Right. My mind does like I I talk, and my brain aren't connected. I do that, and I'm just awkward. Unlike the people uh, on this list. Can we give some people some context real quick? Uh, Nick Robinson, very funny Charlotte comedian. Yeah. One of my favorite jokes by him. I exposed myself to a cat today because there weren't any children at the playground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That really is. It's a, Nick Robinson, yeah, I, I'm glad Nick gave that context because I hate inside joke shit, as I've mentioned before. But, yeah, uh, Nick Robinson, one of the best commanders of a room and uh, one-line comics in Charlotte. You know what? Fuck him. I replaced Cornette with Nick Robinson. <laughs> right. I, I'll accept that. Oh, I'll accept that. I'll accept Because everything that he said is original. <laughs> Every bit of it. All right, Jake, who's your next one? Me? Yeah, you just yeah. you okay. just told Nick he was an asshole, and then you didn't say. And anything. then I called him by his wrong name. <laughs> um, let's see who should I list. This might knock something off everybody's list. All right, I'm gonna go with Jake the Snake Roberts because Snake. I feel like through different phases of his career, he's been on point. Like you take it there in that prime during WWF '80s some of the inventive things that he was doing incredible. And you look back at all those promos and a lot of those promos get love. I don't think there's enough love when he was like, even fucked up like, <laughs> and then, like the night. And then, and then when he was like, also when he was like trying to come back there, when he was like, going you got 21, I got 22. Yeah. I, see, I mean, even the, it sticks with you. It does. It really he, does. He, was, he was, he was messed up and he was trying to be super inventive and he might've been too far out of the box or made, made a miss. But there was a lot of times there's also like, there was a time when he was like really fucked up and he did a promo for an indie show and it was like, maybe I'm already dead. My body doesn't know it yet. Like, oh. that's a fucking, <laughs> like fucking lines like that yeah, when right. you're at the fucking dark. And that's the thing, too. Like, he's able to take the, these perceptions about himself and say these things. And then, like, just some of his narration and, and beyond the mat and those things. Those are some very creative things. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm quoting a line from an indie show he did in Orangeburg, South Carolina. <laughs> like, the fact that you can just, like, hey, do a promo for the show. He's inventive and creative as opposed to, I'm coming here, Norfolk. You know it's it's full horseman country. And I sound <laughs> like this. And I'm like Ric Flair. Yeah. You know, like, it's not the standard fucking lines. He did something inventive and weird. And then we're just a like a few days away from this promo he cut on AEW and people lost their fucking minds. Yeah, I still and haven't seen it. There, There is a thing going around that's very interesting and I feel like this was deliberate and if it is, this is what put him on my Mount Rushmore. He referred to Cody as Caesar and they're talking about the Ides of March. He too? Yeah, <laughs> and coming back around, everybody's coming after him. Yeah. Like it has him calling... Cody Caesar has multiple different meanings. Also, too, Jay Strongbow used to call Vince Caesar. So, also, too, there's God that. Damn layers. There, there's, oceans. There is fucking oceans <laughs> of fucking layers off this promo. He just fucking cut in 2020. And people give all the love for the stuff he cut in like 87, 88, and all that. But here he is in 2020, sharp as ever. And when he was as fucked up as possible, he was still fucking putting out some very inventive shit. So. Well, it's just like uh, somebody who's so good at promos. I saw Jake the Snake, what, two years ago at the Comedy Zone storytelling. They know how to fucking tell stories, they know how to make people care. Uh, that's a debatable point. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like his live show? I opened up for him, and uh, he uses. Uh, curse words is a crutch to get a laugh well that he's an early fucking stand-up comedian yeah no but he's but he hasn't done any work since then where foley like would go up to open mics so that's why foley would go to open mics he tells a great story about how he he thought he was good at stand-up and then he ended (laughs) up following like some fucking monster fucking killers at a uso show and he said if judah freelander wasn't there when he got off stage (laughs) he would have murdered himself 
and wow. never done comedy yeah. ever again. And Judah Freeland was like, well, if you really want to do this, I'll help you out. And Judah would like call up like the stand and like all these like good clubs and Foley would get up three times a night in New York. That's the he'd only yeah, do that like that's a the most touching thing I've heard in so fucking long, he, man. And, 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 and he, he, he befriended Bob Levy, and Bob Levy would put him up a lot. Like Shit. he he really worked at it. I mean, maybe not as much as like somebody that ended up getting a Comedy Central special or worked well, at course, it like like some of the Foley's like, writing Christmas books and kids Christmas books and, and making appearances on Raw and doing <laughs> yeah. comedy, like it, 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 within all of that still trying that's to get, still trying to get the reps in but like if you knew okay I need to work on this every week I need to go up three times a night because my schedule is very limited so I, I appreciate that I understand that and so holy yeah. shit yeah it, Jake is not doing that I'm touched I'm touched Um, I'm up next right yep on both your um, honorable mentions, but Flair is in my Mount Rushmore. I mean, fuck. Growing up, watching Nitro, it's like I watched uh, WWF late 80s, early 90s, and then I had a break in between, and then when I got back into it, and then just Flair coming back, having his feud with Bischoff, and it was just Flair on the mic was just must-see TV, going back, being a nerd, watching all his old promos. I mean... Yeah, cocaine could probably be on Mount Rushmore with him, but uh, he's, you know, all artists have their muse, and uh, Flair's definitely on my Mount Rushmore. I barely nudged him out last second, it is but tough. ask me any any other day of the week, Flair, absolutely on my two. Yeah. My next one is going to be, I'm sure you guys saw this coming, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah, baby. Uh, okay. Comedically, emotionally, in the ring, commentary, I mean, everything. Uh, he was just perfect. I actually uh, predicted just to be an asshole like I was with Jake. I have four categories that I think you put Bobby Heenan on. So, uh, well, there's one. I, I have them on a lot. So we'll see. All right, Jake. All right. Like I said, eras are important. And this person right here is sitting at more of the modern era. And I had talked about that, you know, maybe Owens will edge this guy out eventually. Like, like Kevin's done some very good promos. And I'm sure if he continues on the path he has for 10 years, he's going to have a body of work that will surpass this person. Um, but he almost could surpass him with two or three promos because the person who's sitting at this one spot of the modern era, uh, I have CM Punk. Damn. Okay. All right. Because his promos fucking shook my world and changed my life. I was in Chicago. I mean, obviously I saw the pipe bomb and that, Right. That coming when it did meant to me something very special because I was one of those indie guys that was told because doing extra talent at that time you were looked at it like oh you're you wrestle in the indies you're a fuckwad you know what I'm saying fuck you yeah. piece of shit like people look we'll down just at the bump nose. you and fuck off they, they would not even that they're like yeah. you shouldn't even be in the same building as us like I shook Mark Henry's hand like hello so how are you and he I shook his hand and he just looked at his hand and went. And fucking wiped it off on his shirt right in like front of me. Like a bit? Seriously? Like, like, I'm not human. I am not. I don't deserve to even breathe the fucking space that those people are because I'm a real fucking athlete. <sighs> and then and then seeing all these guys they signed because they were ex-football players or they had fucking right. size and they saw them in a fucking airport and looked down on their nose at me <laughs> and, and other guys would get fucking bumped around. Like, I saw one guy... Have like a tryout match and he was seven foot tall, but he like hurt everybody. And Mark Carano walked over and goes, "Hey, do you mind moving down to Florida, sir? Like, who's seven foot tall who just hurt three indie wrestlers right because they make money? Yeah, and just like how they treated fucking indie guys as fucking less than. And hearing like even some of the other guys whisper about Punk, like, "Ah, fuck him, he's a piece of shit. He's that fucking indie guy," and like fucking just shit on him and shit on him. And for him to come out and just be so frustrated and then put that out there in such a creative way. And he'd already had such a wonderful catalog in the indies. As far as the indies, like, pretty, pretty fucking untouchable. His Ring of Honor promos are fucking amazing. Un- unbelievable. But when he, the pipe bomb, obviously very hyped. But what doesn't get hyped to me, and it's a thing that gave me fucking goosebumps, was I believe it was the contract signing. And he's in the ring with Vince McMahon. Like and this is like a week or two after the pipe bomb. Might have been like the the last week before the Money in the Bank pay per view, and he started listing off like, "Cause you had Colt Cabana here, you had Luke Gallows here, <laughs> and what the fuck did you do with them?" And he said, "You punished my friends for loving professional wrestling." He didn't talk about me. 
but I felt like he was talking about <laughs> me. Like, it, it, it will, it's giving me goosebumps right now. Shit. I don't know a time in my life where that won't mean to me as much as it did in that specific moment. Like, it was like, yes, you fucking looked at all these fucking guys who dedicated their fucking lives to professional wrestling, traveled all over the world, wrestled for anybody for $20, would get on a flight and make 100 bucks to fly, to, to wrestle in Europe and, and, and hope that people would buy their T-shirts so they can make some money off this fucking tour with and doing all kinds of moves that could risk their body and their health and their, their well-being, whether or not they could work or not, in the hopes that maybe you'll fucking care about them, but then you'll fucking just take this guy who was so-and-so's son and put him right into developmental or this guy played football or this guy's 300 pounds or this guy's six foot five or this guy did an amateur tournament that jerry briscoe was at and it's like fuck all these guys that that dedicated their lives to it we're gonna help we're gonna bring those people in and hope they care about professional wrestling and then as soon as we get them a name they go off and do fucking movies and mma fights or whatever the fuck we care about those people not you guys and cm punk was speaking for those guys and i was actually in town getting five dollar wrestling commentary the same week in money in the bank was in chicago wow and I was meeting with my parents the Sunday morning before the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and I was going to drive straight back. I was dating somebody at the time that didn't like professional wrestling and didn't like that I was on the road as much as I was. And I met with my parents, and I just I met, they stayed at a hotel in Chicago, had breakfast with them, and then I'm like, all right, well, I went my separate ways. And I, I just kept thinking about that, all these promos leading to the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. And I just happened to drive right by the Allstate Arena. <laughs> that was that was the, the way GPS was taking me back home. And I just saw it, and I go, I'm fucking going. Yeah. I didn't have a ticket. Yeah. I went down to the Allstate Arena, bought a scalp ticket for 20 bucks, yeah. sat six rows from the top of the Allstate <laughs> Arena. Yeah. But that is the only time I've seen a promo, been like, oh, I have to go to this, take money out of my wallet and pay for it. Right. That's the only time I've ever been talked into a building ever. He made you a mark. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And essentially at that time I had wrestled for almost 10 years at that yeah, point. That's so like, at 10 years in, you turned me into a fucking mark <laughs> yeah. and he already has this great body of work and all these other things. But like these, just those couple of promos changed my fucking life. So that's why he sits on the Mount Rushmore uh, obviously like he's got all he's on backstage and he could have some more quality work ahead of him maybe he doesn't I don't know I don't know because you know I wouldn't really classify him on a panel show keeping him on this list for too much longer but you have two promos that changed my fucking life you're sitting on this Mount Rushmore <laughs> so any other day of the week he's on mine too I mean the pipe bomb is my favorite promo of all time Nick it's, I was I'm uh, honestly surprised he wasn't on your fucking Rushmore as much as your punk mark man my number five for sure. I wanted to put Cornette just to have like a weird one, yeah. uh, but Punk is definitely on mine too. Well, I just I mentioned it, but just um, I was a fucking Ring of Honor whore back in the day, and I'm not gonna get into it too much. But Punk Raven, as you know, Raven cutting promos in the locker room, and then Punk cutting promos back and forth. Like that shit is so fucking good. If you got the ability to watch it, watch the Punk. Raven feud from Ring of Honor, man. This shit's fucking amazing. That one. This is real. This is straight edge. <laughs> He's like almost crying. He's so mad. Oh my God. Dude, so good. Yeah. I honestly, I have everything circled for most of my shit for we're doing this, but I don't have it. But I'm just going to throw it out there because nobody's mentioned it. But I'm going fucking Paul Heyman. All right. I can see that. I the, There's a weird thing that... um. Beyond the Mat was very, very important to me. Being a movie dude, uh, movies always open in New York and L.A. if they're going to open early. But Beyond the Mat is the only movie, I, I've mentioned this on another episode, I don't remember which, where it opened first in Charlotte and Memphis. And that movie meant so fucking much to me, not just because I was a fucking huge tape mark at the time, trading online, doing all that bullshit. 99, I think it came out in the heyday of just me being depressed, not having much going on. Had my best friend, Mitch. We just bonded over wrestling and going to that movie and the fucking promo that Paul Heyman cuts 
when they show footage of ECW's first pay-per-view, Barely Legal, in April of 97, when he's like, believe it, whether or not you don't know it, this is the dance. I can't do it as good. This is the fucking dance in the way that Heyman says so well. It, it, it like I can go back to that promo and get fired up for my day. Like I can go and and realize like of all the times where you felt like the ECW wrestlers back then, whether you're trying to fight WCW and WWF, that that promo of Heyman riling his fucking troops up to make one of the best pay per views well rounded that there is is just that promo will forever be in my memory of just Heyman knowing he has to fucking be a superstar and he is and more so and then just obviously just all the brock promos through the roof and then all the other stuff he did and just combined with me and being an ecw mark but just that fucking promo and beyond the mat just it'll never leave me so Heyman's on my goddamn rushmore i don't have Heyman, but i'll tell you who i do have to finish out my list minus that one word he said I'm going to go with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I was wondering if it was going to come up. Go on. Just decades of murdering it on the mic. You have the, you know, all his epic face promos from WrestleManias and whatever. Then him turning at Bash at the Beach and that, like, it's just, I mean, fuck, it's fucking Hulk Hogan. He's one of the great <laughs> mic workers ever. I was going to be mad at you if you didn't put Hogan in. So, <laughs> so my last one for mic workers is to go off Nick's Hulk Hogan Roddy Piper yep now it, it's there is a big lull <laughs> from the time that he's in WCW to the, to the end of his life there's a bit of a lull like anytime people would book him to a Piper's Pit on like a big like Northeast wrestling show I'd always used to say don't give Piper a reason to fucking tell the same fucking stories over and over again because that motherfucker would talk about bashing the coconut over a guy's head yeah, <laughs> yeah, like if you gave him an opportunity he would tell the same fucking shit over and over and over and over again but there are multiple times I'd walk up to him for like a promo for Wrestle Reunion or like it, like it, like there's been times I've been like grabbed and like grab a microphone and get something from Piper and be like, all right, Roddy, I just need to cut a promo for this one show and this one match or this one thing. And he'd be like, okay. And he would just kind of look around, and then something would fucking hit him. <laughs> and then he would show the fucking world why he was genius. Right. But if you gave him an opportunity just to repeat the same shit over and over again, he would. But there's sometimes he would just hit something and just be like, Oh no, fucking here we go. And he would, the needle would hit the record and he would just fucking go and come, come up with something that fucking just was unique and original. And like, oh fuck, this is, and I'm just like, wow, this is fucking gold. Like, I remember there was, he was like, he just had got out of the ring and just kind of like beat somebody up, put him in a sleeper hold. But he like basically took a shirt off, took the kilt off, and he was in his trunks. And we were in this like kitchen area and he just cut this weird fucking promo. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, this is why you're the fucking best. And it's right in the middle there. But, like, 80s as a fucking heel, nobody better. WCW had some good shit, especially when he was fighting Hogan that one time. I'll never forget when he, like, was cutting a promo and talking about he was a one-legged man. He was cutting this promo, cutting this promo, talking about he was a one-legged man because it was bad hip. And then as soon as he's done with the promo, he hopped off the fucking screen. <laughs> it's like that. that right? so Even in the 90s, that was good. Um, there was a couple of things that he did with Terry Funk at the Russell Reunion show that was really fucking cool. Um, and then, of course, the Territory Days, which, you know, everybody was talking about, like, man, like all these fucking comics that are like think they're big wrestling fans and think they know everything when really <laughs> all they did was just see WWF 80s for like three years and like 88, 89, just like everybody else. Like, oh, I'm a big wrestling fan. <laughs> and then they would see Roddy Piper. Like, oh, Roddy Piper was the best heel ever. And they'd say, like, he's so good on the microphone. He's best ever, best heel ever. Like, you wonder why fucking Piper was a good fucking heel? Because he said racist shit on a fucking microphone. <laughs> All right? Like, that era of, like, oh, I'm going to say some racist shit on a fucking microphone to uh, make everybody mad. The motherfucker played, when he was feuding with Chavo Guerrero in L.A., he played La Cucaracha on his fucking bagpipes. <laughs> like, that's that's the type of fucking shit he was doing. And, like, oh, I d don't even mention, like, Portland and some of the fucking crazy shit. He, 
he called Bruno San Martino a fucking wop in Madison Square Garden. Like that's that's who fucking look, Piper was. Look up his David Schultz promo where it gets a little. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that, but then there's like you know some of the Mid Atlantic stuff where like where he got his face like like rubbed in and he's like bleeding from the head and cutting this fucking promo. Like it just. Oh, like, I'm sorry to jump in, but there's there's one where he uh he has a beer bottle, he smashes it over his fucking head, and he's bleeding all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. But, but but all the all like all these like different promos like from the territory days like even before he got the WWF he had a body of work that that kind of speaks for itself and then the eighty stuff with Hulk and everything and then this ninety stuff and then of course like I said there's that lull in the two thousands there but then if you if he was prodded if he was inspired if he hit something. He, it was it was usually something brilliant and unique and and that's kind of like what i feel like jake has done as well but i think like rodney needed to be pushed a little bit more you know or jake i feel like he's like always looking for something like that where i think rodney kind of needed to be poked in that direction all right well that is the beginning to our rushmore series that we're going to be doing uh we're going to finish it up on patreon so head over to patreon.com slash pod uh, we still have high flyers, ladies, big men, managers, and one I really want to hear about from Jake, comedy wrestlers, hardcore yeah. wrestlers, and we're going to narrow down our four top ever. Holy shit, it's going to be a whole thing. So that's going to be over on patreon.com slash Tim Bell Pod. All right, well, bye, fucks. <laughs> Hey there, folks. This is the Man Scout Jake Manning, otherwise known as Sleep Deprived Jake Manning. <laughs> hey, I've been sleeping in my car for the last two days, and boy, I sure, sure would like an opportunity to sleep in a bed. But you know what? I'm going to hear for 10 Bell Pod for you guys, but not just you guys. I'm here for the Patreon people. I'm doing this with little or no sleep. If you want to hear me get buck wild, crazy, off the wall, or see me when I absolutely sucked at professional wrestling, our Patreon page is full, full of extra bonuses, like really shitty matches of mine where I wasn't good at all, backyard <laughs> wrestling of me, and then, of course, uh, episodes that we do at the end of a 5 6 seven eight hour taping when i have little or no sleep that i got in a fucking van alongside <laughs> of the road so make sure you check out that and all that crazy content where i have come completely unraveled at the edges you get that on our patreon page at patreon backslash front slash 10 bell pod you know the deal look for it find out